ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. Whatever, but he said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It is the Sox on Tap postgame show. Johnny Nani here alongside NWI Steve discussing. Putting in a nice 9-5 to effort tonight, Steve. White Sox take the series opener in Detroit. How are you feeling? Hey, yo, Johnny. Feeling good. It's always nice to get back in that left-hand column after the rough weekend series against the Texas Rangers. So you go on the road here, divisional opponent, lay the smackdown, Detroit Sox. Yes, Detroit sucks. I love that. That's a great way to open the show. Steve, they really do, actually. When you're going looking at standings, they're in a rebuild. They got injuries going on there. But uh, you always talk about it. Taking care of the teams that you should starts right here in the Central Division. That's what it's all about. You got to kick them when they're down. The Tigers are down right now. The little Motor City Kitties out there. What up, Sal? Throw one up on it. Um, that's what you have to do. If you're going to get back into this race here, being six games out, and you got to get your way, scratch a claw back to 500. This is who you got to take care of business against. Yeah, no, absolutely, Steve. I, I agree 100%. And, you know, I think over the uh, weekend, I think we all believed that that was a team that we should have taken care of business against. And the Texas Rangers obviously dropped that series in some, uh, you know, disappointing fashion uh, in both Saturday's and Sunday's game for that one. So this is a good bounce back win for the Sox. Uh, it had its moments of adversity, uh, both with on-field stuff decisions, uh play and then a little bit of injuries but on the other side of the coin getting 15 hits and scoring nine runs may be good i'm still working to confirm though you know what's also good when you score nine runs and you don't allow your opponent to score at least 10 yeah right 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 because right. i was it you and sal were interacting on twitter a little bit and they said you know good things usually happen when you're score nine runs and you're looking for a source but there's anything to contradict it. I was at that ugly Cleveland game, remember, when they did score the nine runs, but then let up the barrage late. So it's not always a guarantee. At least well, they they scored nine runs uh, twice last week, you know, Saturday yeah. against Texas, then Thursday against yep. uh, the Dodgers, and they lost both of those. Yeah, so there's there's even further proof. So uh, it was good to see them uh, do that. And, uh, you know, just looking at, like, some highlights here, obviously – Lance Lynn storyline coming back, uh, making his first start of the season, uh, obviously pushed up a little bit, was supposed to go Tuesday, but with the injury to Kopech early on Sunday, this moves everybody up here and Lance Lynn gets the call uh, a little bit of a rude welcome uh, for him, but uh, he did settle into it a little bit. Uh, and I would say he went at least pitch count wise, Steve, a little bit longer than I expected. Yeah, I think they had talked that coming into the game, the expectation was he'd probably be around 70, 75 pitches. Knowing Lance Lynn, the bulldog and the guts and nuts mindset that he has, I'm sure he went to Tony La Russa and Ethan Katz after that fourth inning and said, I want to go back out there. And who are they to tell the big boy no at the end of the day? Yeah, I like what our guy Sox Insane tweeted uh, during uh, when he came out there. He said, I think Lance Lynn decides when he comes out of the game. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a coaching decision there. 
That's yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and I, I don't know anybody that wants to get in the way of the big boy there if he gets all uh, hot and bothered. Yeah, especially maybe Joe McEwing now. Maybe he's got a little extra fear interesting in little segue. That, that, yeah, I mean, let's, let's just go and start it because obviously, uh, it, it was we're getting into the game here a little bit. Uh, White Sox were able to take a 2 0 lead early with the pedo home run on uh, the first, but the Tigers were swinging early on Lance Lynn. You could tell that was their approach. Uh, they're swinging early, they knew that they were going to get fastballs, so they went or cutters, whatever. It's all kind of just variations of a fastball when it comes to Lance Lynn. So they're swinging early, uh, got to him a bit, obviously. Once again, first outing of the year. I think Stone made a good comment. This is still technically, I guess you could consider almost like a spring training-esque sort of like in terms of where he is in his, uh, you know, being back into the swing of things here. So uh, he has some hits against him. Tigers tie it up at two uh, in the first. And then in the second, uh, Detroit takes the lead. And Lance was not very happy about a certain uh, shift in there. And then him and Joe, Super Joe, have a little dust up in the dugout. Tell me what that's all about, Steve. Look, Lance Lynn is a fiery, competitive guy. We all know that. He's one guy that on this team probably brings more fire and passion than just about anybody else in there. And look, as, as a pitcher, you're not always going to agree with particular shifts that happen out there. I could certainly make the argument that the White Sox um, coaching staff probably doesn't apply information the best um, across the league there. So, you know, I could understand Lance's We're both frustration. of you there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm really going out on a limb with it, with that one. So, you know, you, you could make the argument that maybe the shift wasn't applied appropriately in this position here. But at the end of the day, Lance is, is a competitor out there, and he's going to be upset about that. And I think people are trying to make this out to be a little more than it really needs to be. The fact of the matter is this type of stuff happens over the course of 162 games all the time. You just don't always see it. Um, it happened to be right there in plain view of the cameras in the dugout. Right. A lot of times this stuff will happen in the tunnel or in the clubhouse, and that's just part of the game. I, I've been part of teams that have had dust-ups like that in, in the dugout. It's just something that's going to happen. You're you're in a very competitive, fiery moment there, and sometimes your emotions can get the best of you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was go You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, think about how much that happens when it's not on camera there. So obviously everybody can see it, but... I, for my biggest takeaway from that, Steve, is I just I don't give a shit what the argument was about. Obviously, there's no audio on that. You could just see them. Um, I like the fire and the passion, the grit, the guts, the hashtag TWTW there. Josie gives a shit. It feels like we haven't had that uh, for most of the season with this uh, being out. You're 100% right. We all know Lance is a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve and he's going to go out there and he's going to have the emotions. And he was out there motherfucking himself after that first and second inning. Cause he was not happy with his location on a number of pitches. Granted, there was quite a bit of soft contact in there and balls were finding holes, but at the end of the day, he wasn't thrilled about that. And he is not one to hide his displeasure for himself when he does not execute out there on the mound. So he holds himself to the same accountability standards that he does everybody else that is in uniform there. And that's what you want to see out of a guy. Right, absolutely. And Tony and I had kind of like alluded to this. I wondered what kind of like, you know, I don't know if we'd get the fireworks or not, but I figured we'd get some emotion. You saw it. We saw some nut grabs. We saw some, uh, like you said, he was MFing himself a little bit, uh, but he was fired up too then uh, when he did. Cause like I said, he, it, the first two uh, getting hit, you know, pretty consistently there, but give him credit. He did settle in there. And I think that's just a measure of, you know, um, once again, 
like I mentioned, uh, in Stone had mentioned, I think that was a great way to put it. Still kind of, in terms of where he is, feels like kind of like a spring training uh, sort of thing with, with where he's at uh, in getting back into the mix here. So um, I, I was happy to see him settle down uh, and give it a go out there uh, when he went out in the fifth there. So um, after that, Steve, um, bullpen has to come and step up, and it was Kyle Crick. Bennett Souza, Tanner Banks, interesting combination. Kendall Graveman eventually locks it down. But uh, we, we, we can go and start there uh, because some of this, I think a lot of people are kind of tired of seeing Bennett Souza, um, you know, labor out there. Yeah, given some of the shortages that are in the bullpen right now, we kind of had a feeling that this was going to be the course that this game was going to take here tonight. Lance obviously tried to go back out there for that fifth inning and try to extend himself a little bit more and provide a little more length than, again, maybe was originally intended out there. Ultimately, then you do see the likes of Kyle Crick, who that first inning out there threw the ball pretty well. And as he is one to do at times, if that slider, if he just doesn't have a good feel on it, um, the control will get away from him. And that happened quickly there. Had a couple of walks in that in that sixth inning. And things kind of spiraled a little bit. And then you see Bennett Souza. This is just kind of a continuation of what we have seen from him pretty much for almost the entirety of the season outside of maybe the first, you know, seven to 10 days or so. The league has gotten the scouting report on him. And at the end of the day, there's you can't make a compelling argument that Bennett Souza is a major is a major league pitcher at this point. Right. So, but again, they're so shorthanded out there. They were really in a position where they had no choice. He couldn't go back to Matt Foster for a third day in a row, particularly yeah. given the struggles that he had over the weekend against Texas. You got no Aaron Bummer down there in the bullpen with him going on the IL. Kelly's on the so IL. You, you had, you had no choice here. And then you, but at the same time, then with the difficulties that you had with Crick and with Susie, you have to then tip your cap to Tanner Banks and to Kendall Graveman coming in there, doing a job, getting pivotal outs in a situation when the game was still very much in doubt in high leverage situations, and they were able to hold things in check. Right, and I think you covered Sousa there. I touching on Banks real quick. Um, I think he's had a nice rebound because he had a nice start to the year, and he had a really nice scoreless stretch, you know, um, and then he started getting hit. It felt like you had said league adjusting, same like they did with Sousa. Uh, but now it seems like he's kind of back and finding uh, more of a groove again, and uh, he's had not, now putting together another stretch of outings that at least look decent uh, and, you know, formidable, acceptable, right? Exactly. And that's really important because they do need a left-hander down in the bullpen, particularly someone that can actually go out there and get left-hand hitters out, which is not a strength of Bennett Sousa being a reverse split guy. So if Tanner Banks can go out there, consistently pound the strike zone, get ahead, he may be able to position himself to stay on this roster in the long run once Aaron Bummer comes back from this little IL stint. Yep, I concur, man. Uh, that lefty importance there, especially, like you said, with Bummer on the IL, um, because other than that, it was going to have to start uh, looking for external options, which our guy A. Kins wrote a nice little uh, piece at ontapsportsnet.com uh, if you're looking for a little commentary on the left-handers in the bullpen there. Um, as we're talking about um, wrapping up the um, pitchers here, uh, Kendall Graben, uh, very efficient uh quick outing there uh 14 pitches so that shouldn't tax him too much uh good to see him lock that down no drama no headaches uh in the ninth he's usually uh been nails overall i would say this year so let's get to the fun part steve let's get to the bats 
can I need someone to confirm or uh, refute because I'm not I'm not like a great stat guru in terms of diving in and getting this information real quick. Was that the first multi home run game by a White Sox player this year? Talking about Jose Abreu bookending I, it with two run home runs, first and ninth. Yeah, I believe it was. I can't think of another circumstance or another game I, this year. One yeah, that I, I possibly just, happened. I was just going to say I went back and for possible culprits, I went and looked at game logs for Tim Anderson. AJ Pollock, Andrew Vaughn, and Jake Berger. And I did not see a two run home run game in there. And I know Yaz has them too. So I had like yep. two all year. So yeah. So I would I would think we're there. But how great was it to see? And how much does Pito just love mashing in Detroit, man? Um, it, it's ridiculous because we have more of a hitter friendly ballpark. It, it's a very spacious alley out there in Detroit. But yet he's hitting it out to the deepest part of the park. And even that first one he pissed on to left field. We've been seeing that since he came into the league in 2014. As soon as he sees that stupid, dumbass old English D, his eyes just light up and he wants to just murder baseballs. And that is something that you love to see. And I can't think of another hitter in the league that is a visiting player that goes dead central in that park more frequently than Jose Abreu does. It, my favorite part about that ninth inning home run, obviously it was good. You got a hashtag set the tone in the first inning. And like I said, he did piss on that one, hit it really hard out to left center. But the dead center shot, A, it's always cool and tough. And then B, I love our, our guy Tony on tap. His tweet, he says, uh, Pito just said, fuck you to that wind that was blowing straight in. And he's like, I'm just going to hit this thing, baby, out to dead center. And that he did up into that batter's eye where the, it wasn't even just, uh, you know, just over the wall there. It was into that little like shrubbery that they got going out there in center field. I love to see it because we've been waiting for a power surge like this. Johnny, um, real quick. What happens when ball go far? Team go far. Confirmed. Oh, that's big news if true. Yeah. Big so, true. so when you out homer your opponent, I can't remember what the statistics are this year. I want to say it's something like two thirds of the time when you out homer your opponent, you're going to win the baseball game in the year 2022. It is a game of power. It is a game of home runs. When you hit the ball out of the ballpark, particularly when you hit multi-run homers, which that has been a significant issue for this team. So Jose Abreu hitting a pair of two-run homers is especially vital. So that's what you want to see. He has been on an absolute tear, I would say, for about three weeks now. And he's really gotten going, and he's trying to carry this offense on his back at this juncture. And they are actually starting to get going here, I would say, in the last seven to ten days or so. And he's really been the catalyst for this. Right, and I think some of the issues just stemmed from not putting together a complete team game because you're at least, like you had said, talked about those, you know, scoring nine and nine again against, like, you know, Texas and certain games over the weekend. So, um, I, I, uh, one last thing uh, on Jose Bree. What did I have there? it was good to see him rebound too after the uh, you know kind of maybe not clutch uh, the, the commentary that he received after um, uh, the game on Sunday. Obviously, frustrating game all around for everyone there. But he had a couple tough instances with grounding into a double play, uh, striking out in the extra you know excuse me the last inning of that in the twelfth. So uh, good to see him back there. And obviously, you want to see it done in clutch situations more frequently. But um, you know, put, putting that in a setting the tone and then B, uh, bookending it, putting that uh, final insurance blast out there just makes you feel a lot better uh, at the end of the game there. So props to Pito for that one. But as we're looking up and down, like I mentioned, 15 hits in 
this one. Hey, we're, uh, Jose Abreu had a three-hit night himself. Larry Garcia, three. Uh, a couple guys with two. And Pollock, Vaughn. Uh, Robert, after a couple shitty plate appearances early, how about Luis Robert turning around and finally uh, roping some singles there? That was certainly encouraging to see. Definitely need to get him going. He has not looked as explosive offensively since he came back from his COVID stint. We've been talking about this in the group text thread. Just a lot of at-bats, weak passes on balls down and out of the strike zone, particularly on sliders, rolling over them, hitting a lot of ground balls, hitting a lot of soft fly balls. So seeing him stay on the ball a little bit deeper, hit the ball with some authority to right center, hopefully that is a good sign that he is starting to get locked in a little bit because they could certainly use his presence there offensively to help kind of counterbalance things because, unfortunately, one of the hottest bats that this team's had in their lineup for the last two weeks or so, you know, he might be out for a little bit now. And I'm sure that's probably something we want to get into here. Right. Yeah. I was going to get into that. Um, last thing on Luis Robert there, Tony and I just talked a little bit on Sunday fun day episode about Luis Robert gets in these funks, but he can also heat up then. So I like, that's why I go to that. And I want to just talk. Yeah. I wanted to touch briefly on that. Uh, hopefully this is the signs of him starting to get out of said funk, his most recent one here. So, Going on to the next guy, a hot bat that we may be without here uh, for a little bit is Jake Berger in the fourth inning, uh, kind of inside pitch that he was turning into and swung. Uh, it ended up being a strike, but it did hit him in the hand. Obviously, he was shaking it off. Finished the at-bat, grounded out there. I had an inkling that he was going to come out, though, because he was still kind of waving it as he came back to the dugout, Steve. And this is tough. We, we had a similar situation with Andrew Vaughn. I know his was a hit-by-pitch way back. It was like right at the beginning of May when that happened to him. So, very likely that I think we could see an IL stint uh, from Jake Berger. That's not what you want to see at this point. Berger has done a really nice job of trying to pick up the load for some of the other guys that have been struggling in the last 10 to 14 days. And he's been doing it, providing power, which I talked about this just a couple minutes ago. It is important that this team begins and continues to hit the baseball out of the ballpark. And he has been doing that with regularity here. Coming into tonight, he was actually leading the team in home runs. And the fact of the matter is he, he's got significantly fewer plate appearances than the rest of the guys on the active roster. So he's come in and he has provided a jolt to this team. So now if he does have to miss some time here and they did get the x-ray reports that it came back negative. So that is a positive sign. Hope obviously there's going to be some swellness and there's going to be some soreness associated with that. So I wouldn't anticipate seeing him probably till Friday at the earliest. I'm not a doctor. I just play one in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that here, but that's going to be a, an absence in the lineup that they are going to have to find a way. Now someone else is going to have to step up, whether it's AJ Pollock, Yohan Mankata, Luis Robert, hopefully getting going. Someone is going to have to pick up that slack for what Jake Berger has been providing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Scott's got a good few comments in here. Scott Moreno, always appreciate uh, our uh, listeners commenting here in the YouTube stream. Make sure you subscribe on Tap Sports on YouTube. But he says it's always something. Uh, our guy Sean Roberts kind of dubbed that early in the season because it is. It's always something that plays right in with uh, that. So White Sox and feel injury cursed because this isn't the only one before the game. Desmondi Grandal goes on the IL. So you're, you're without. Uh, granted, he was, you know, overall obviously putrid slash line uh, and a little bit unlucky, but then also just underperforming overall. He's starting to figure it out though, Steve. So it's like, you, you got to, like you'd said, get it from those other sources. Uh, I will say one of those guys that you had uh, mentioned in there though, about picking up the slack. And I think he's been doing it uh, a swell job of it as of late. And that's AJ Pollock. Cause I think it was his what fifth consecutive 
two-hit game or multi-hit game? Yeah, Pollock has really started to swing the bat well. This was something that was talked about early in the season. Molly Knight, who covers the Los Angeles Dodgers, was replying to someone on on a website known as, uh, I believe it's twatter.com, that Pollock is going to be terribly cold during the month of April and people are going to be clamoring for his DFA. And then by late May, early June, people are going to be naming their dogs Pollock on the south side. And so we're starting to see that a little bit. Um, He's picking up the slack here offensively. Really would like to start to see him drive the baseball a little bit more. Again, this team has been so power deficient for a good portion of the season. If they hopefully can begin driving the baseball, hitting the ball out of the ballpark with more regularity, the outcome will be more positive, in my opinion. Yep. Nope. I, I agree. And I, I, you know what? I, I did enjoy, I do enjoy me some AJ Pollock. So I, I was one that could stick through that, but I understand the frustration from it early on. It's nice to see him get going here and that uh, coinciding with kind of the whole team, as you had said, uh, when you're talking about recent trends here, uh, it is nice to see the offense score runs and Steve, maybe this is just what they need to play, uh, you know, a rebuilding a, a uh, you know, kind of more of a basement dwelling team uh, with some pitching injuries, some major pitching injury issues that the Tigers have had here. Uh, so feast, on some of these guys that's what you should do you should do some bum slaying my my junior college baseball coach the immortal steve ruzich used to say all the time take advantage of the weak sisters of the poor when you play them when they come on the schedule and if you are struggling or if you are rolling you got to go out there and you got to step on their throats so this is a very vital three game stretch in the motor city they've taken care of business here the first day we need to see them build the momentum because this is something they have struggled with throughout the course of the season from one day to the next, continuing to build momentum. So hopefully that happens tomorrow and they can have a nice little uh, early week series here before they get down to Houston for a uh, what's going to be a pretty challenging weekend. Right. Absolutely, Steve. I would, one might say they put in a solid nine to five tonight. They did. They did. They did that. Oh. Plays right into the episode title. That's what we're talking about here uh, on Sox on Tap. Uh, that about wraps it up. Once again, White Sox top the Tigers 9-5 to in the series opener. Uh, Tuesday will be Dylan Cease Day uh, up in Detroit. Steve, what are we looking for from game two of the series? Go out there, pound the strike zone. Work ahead early and often. Get ahead 0-1, 0 so you can drop that motherfucking hammer on those Tigers hitters. They had talked about this on the broadcast. This team has hit three home runs in the month of June. So as power deficient as the Sox have been, the issues that the Sox have had scoring runs, it has been that much worse for the Detroit Tigers. So this is a game where Dylan sees, I want to see a bounce back effort out of him. I know the runs that were given up this past Thursday against the Dodgers in that game, I want to say five or six of those were unearned. All of them were unearned. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that if you want to be a top of the rotation arm, you can't allow those runs to even score. you got to go out there and you have to bury teams when you have an opportunity to do so. Granted, yes, I know the Dodgers are a very good baseball team. They've really been the standard across Major League Baseball for the last decade. But if you want to be one of those top dogs in, in a rotation, if you want to be considered an ace, you have to find a way to start pitching over those things. So I want to see Dylan Cease go out there, have a, you know, have the mindset of I'm going to go out there and I'm going to dominate because this is a Tigers team that is offensively deficient. So pound that strike zone early, often, and get another dub. 
Yes. What I am looking for is some length out of Dylan Cease. Obviously, that is crucial. talked about the uh, bullpen, you know, uh, lack of arms that are available. Obviously, part of that due to injuries. And then uh, the other just being the way that games unfolded uh, and having to use so many of these guys and use them on consecutive days. So they could use a rest uh, if a starter could go like seven. Hell, eight would be outstanding, but I won't get too greedy. I would say if you go six to seven, Dylan, solid. Uh, keep your team as a chance to win. Um that that would be a strong outing there, but hey, who knows? It, we I I know it's a very very rare occurrence, Steve, and I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow, but it would be cool at least one time to see a complete game from a Sox pitcher. We did see it a couple times last year. That would be pretty damn cool and tough, and this would be a great spot for it, given some of the issues that are plaguing this bullpen at the moment, as you alluded to. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking for from Dylan Cease. Uh, I do think that obviously he had a much more staunch challenge uh, awaiting him last Thursday. So uh, it can't take him for granted, though. Uh, you got to go out, like you said, step on their throats uh, and then bury him with the damn hammer. Uh, that's what I want to see from Dylan Cease in game two of the series. All right, hit me with a pick to click and we can get close to wrapping this baby up here. All right, so with pick to click action in mind here, I actually think that uh, Yoan Mankata. So I'm not expecting Jake Berger to be in the lineup. So I think Yoan is definitely going to be at third base. We actually saw him get a base hit. He took a walk here tonight. So maybe he's starting to see the ball a little bit better out there. This could be t- tomorrow could be the night that he leaves the ballpark and, uh, it's his first home run in almost a month now since he came back. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that would be a nice sign there. And he did uh, he did get a hit today. He did. He, he did. It was amazing. I could not believe it. I thought it was just an illusion at first. But no, it was real. Yohan Mankata did strike one in the hit column tonight, so that was good to see. Uh, I like that pick, Steve. We'll get him, get him jump-started here a little bit. I would uh, enjoy, I think all White Sox fans would enjoy seeing that. I'm going to go with a guy who has really stepped up nicely uh, in light of another injury, and that's Danny Mendick. And I don't think I've picked him since he's come back from this, uh, you know, excuse me, since he's come up after Tim Anderson's injury. So uh, he, uh, once again, uh, has overachieved for our what we've expected to, uh, of him of his bat at least he's always pretty solid in the field but man uh he i will got to give him credit granted it's not a whole whole lot of power but he's getting on base he's hitting some singles so uh, i'll go with danny mendick maybe a multi-hit game from him uh, that'd be nice to fulfill my pick to click needs there so final thoughts steve and then we can get out of here good way to start the series again get a, a losing team out there team that you are better than Go out there, take care of business. You took game one tonight. Follow this up tomorrow. Let's build some momentum here and let's win a series tomorrow. All right. I love it. My, I got to just, you know, show some love to my guy, Lance Lynn. It was great seeing him back out there. I know, like I said, he's going to have better outings in the future. He's going to go longer in the future. Uh, he's going to have more uh, intensity in the future. Although I did like the intensity he brought tonight, but Fear the Beard is back. Uh, you can pick these up on tap sports.bigcartel.com uh, if you're looking to get one of those Fear the Beard shirts. Uh, they are nice outline of Lance's face there. He's hashtag back, baby. He is. He's hashtag back. So that, that was uh, my takeaway from tonight. L- like the fire, passion, grit, TWTW, guts and nuts, all of the above. Uh, it was just nice to see back on my television. I can't wait to see him at 35th and Shield. So uh, he just got me excited to, uh, you know, have, have one of my favorite, one of my favorites back out there. So um, 
that's about it. That's all we've got here. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Everybody who's in the comments here, we always appreciate you contributing to the discussion. Love pulling your comments up here uh, and getting some additional topics into the show. So make sure you're subscribed to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube so you can chime in on that discussion. And as always, visit ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Hit us up on social media at SoxOnTap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. That's it. Solid 95 for the White Sox tonight. Until next time, White Sox forever. White Sox for life.